This is the Only Human podcast from Community Radio 4 Z out of Brisbane, Australia. I have a question about uh, one of the other more vulnerable groups in the prison population is that women, most of the women who are in prison have experienced domestic violence and a lot of them probably have acquired brain injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you find out about that particular group? So again, our research, uh, we sort of spoke uh, as, you know, this was an exploratory kind of study. We were really just starting to do this first look basically of the issues. Some of our interviewees did talk about women in prison with disability and certainly that they are a group uh, where there are probably even fewer resources uh, and services and, and areas of support available for them. That was certainly something that was raised. Mm. Uh, they didn't really get so much into women who have been victim of family violence and through that may have an acquired brain injury. That certainly might be uh, an area for us uh, in terms of the next step of our research, working out, you know, are there particular cohorts up that are particularly disadvantaged? Uh, and that might be one example uh, of one of those groups that we need to deep a little bit, uh, sorry, dive a little bit deeper into, um, particularly given the sort of changing community views uh, about family violence, certainly, and, and better understanding the ramifications of that. Uh, yeah, I would add um, that certainly it's true that the vast majority of certainly people in prison, but especially women in prison, have been the victim of not just family violence, but sexual violence, uh, childhood abuse. Uh, there, there aren't yeah, the, the, the group of women in prison who haven't experienced some kind of trauma and abuse is very small. And I suppose the larger picture, and this links to what Shannon was saying earlier, is that um, prison isn't a very good way to respond to any of these issues. I mean, prison just isn't appropriate for most people committing most offences. And I don't think there's good evidence to suggest that it works anyway to reduce crime. Um, but certainly we shouldn't be imprisoning people with disability, people who have experienced um, all this complex trauma in their lives. Um, unless there's absolutely no alternative for protecting them in the community. So could you tell us your recommendations then overall about improving the rights of people with disability in prisons in Australia? Yeah, certainly. So uh, obviously we can talk about our recommendations that are specific for the issues in prison. Uh, Of course, if you were to broaden that out to before prison, after prison, uh, there are just so many things that we could and perhaps should be doing. But uh, particularly if we're talking about just prison. Go uh, ahead. Tell us the whole lot. That's great. <laughs> we want to hear that. <laughs> we, would, we would be here all day. But certainly the first step is it's really important when somebody is uh, received into prison that there's some sort of formal assessment or even just some questions asked to establish if that person may have disability or may simply have uh, some support needs that they will need. Uh, And that doesn't have to be overly complex, but, you know, we said even asking somebody, you know, do you have an NDIS plan? Some researchers suggest asking, you know, have you ever been to a special school? There are some questions that we can ask that could very quickly help us to determine if somebody has a disability. Uh, And that simply is just something that is just not broadly happening at the moment. So that first big issue is identification. To be able to support people, we need to know who they are and what their support needs are. 
We also definitely need to see better supports in place in prisons. So the traditional prison model relies on this assumption that prisoners are young men who are able-bodied. We know, though, that a large proportion and perhaps, you know, even the majority of people in prison don't meet that profile. We have a lot of people in prison with disability and we also, as in the community, have an ageing prisoner population. And, of course, as people age, the occurrence of disability uh, increases as well. So certainly we don't want to see people in prison uh, being forced to rely on their peers for assistance. It's certainly not fair to the person. It's also not fair to their peers either. Um, so that's a big issue. Also, we'd love to see some improved training for corrections staff. Sometimes the manifestations of disability, uh, if somebody doesn't have an adequate knowledge of that, can come across as somebody being deliberately difficult or evasive or uh, any number of negative things. But if correction staff have a better understanding of how a person's disability can manifest, they may then be able to recognise uh, these are simply just parts of that person and perhaps parts that are kind of uh, exaggerated because of the difficult environment that prison and corrections uh, is. So there are a few of the recommendations I would have. Is there anything you want to add there, Sophie? Um, that's that's pretty good. I mean, use prison less yeah. <laughs> would be, you know, reduce numbers of people in prison. Don't, don't send people to prison for nonviolent offences. You know, that that's certainly something that I would add. But um, I guess on a more practical, immediate level, more work needs to be done on both the state justice system side and the NDIS side to close this service gap that we've been talking about and coordinate the services and ensure that people on the NDIS do get the transition supports that they are actually entitled to, to give them the best chance of succeeding when they are released back into the community. I guess I had a question that's relating to um, seeing the problem of uh, lacking access to support in a wider systemic problem of like ableism within um, prison systems and the NAS and the crossover is that people are missing out but are they missing out because people don't care about them? Do you think, is it, is it like a, um, a, an issue of uh, prisoners facing stigma or um, being marginalised from a number of, you know, um, uh, factors? Yeah, certainly I think, you know, it's, it's multifaceted. So the prison infrastructure itself, uh, as I said, is certainly based on a model that assumes everybody is, you know, able-bodied. So there are ableist prison infrastructure and, and within that processes and so forth. Uh, that is one issue. Uh, and it does mean that, uh, as we sort of note in the report, that people with disability are kind of simultaneously everywhere but nowhere. They represent this kind of invisible, overlooked population. Uh, and then, of course, yes, there would be issues in terms of the stigma of having disability being targeted or, you know, discriminated against because of that. That's certainly something that can be in play. And particularly if you're looking at an environment like prisons where, you know, sometimes people are looked at as being kind of weak or vulnerable and they might get preyed upon uh, 
for those characteristics. So it is multifaceted, as I said, both the infrastructure, but also uh, the people and, you know, that would be the other people in prison, but unfortunately sometimes staff as well if they lack that education around disability. And that's why we'd certainly recommend that if we can improve staff attitudes, uh, that's certainly one step toward improving some of the issues that are encountered. You are listening to the Only Human podcast. Only Human is a weekly program on social justice, disability rights, psychology, social research and mental wellness. You can listen in Brisbane on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM and set digital on DAB Plus radios. Love community media? You can support 4ZZZ by subscribing or making a donation at 4ZZZFM.org.au.